Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I, I hope that you believe in this man, Jesus, that we talk about. As Christians, we don't believe in him based on one or two testimonies. We don't believe just based on hearsay. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 3, that he showed himself alive after his death by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Here's the story. Jesus died on Friday. He rose on Sunday. He ascended to his father, but he had an interim process period of 40 days where he walked on this planet. Imagine this. Imagine being in a room where you know somebody just died, and then all of a sudden he's standing there. People think that Christianity spread throughout the whole world because of tongues, healings, and miracles. No, Christianity spread out throughout the whole world because the power of resurrection. People were walking around telling people, did you hear? Did you hear? Jesus, the one they killed, he's alive. He came back from the dead. Now, you know if you heard that, I'll oh, shut your mouth. Stop lying. Stop lying until you saw him. And Jesus started showing him. The Bible says one time he appeared to a crowd of people, 500 people, and showed himself alive to them. And so the story of the resurrection of Jesus is not based on one person's hearsay. That's how false religions got started. One person sat down and decided to put their own religion together. No, hundreds and hundreds of people saw Jesus in his resurrected body, and we have real proof that our God sent his son to die for us, and his son died and rose from the dead. But one of the uh, times, actually the very first time where we see Jesus appearing after his resurrection was to a woman named Mary Magdalene. And I want to share a few things with you quickly before we get out of here about how unique that is, about how interesting that is about how different that is because you know people think now you know that it's just a patriarchy and it's just men dominate listen all you feminazis out there let me tell you something about y'all patriarchy hating folk y'all man haters out there let me tell you something stop being mad about being a woman in america women in america graduate college at a higher rate than men do women in america uh are there more doctors every year there are more women becoming doctors every year than there are men becoming doctors there's more women getting college degrees every year than there are men getting college degrees these women talking about how hard it is to be a woman in america today they ought to try to strap on a 33 a.d in galilee where women weren't allowed to eat in the same room with men where women weren't allowed to walk beside a man where women had to walk steps behind a man where women weren't allowed to talk to men in public this is the society that we're seeing now i'm not saying that's right and that's not right I I, I love the the cliche that says that God took the woman from the man's rib, not from his back. Amen. She meant to be beside him, not behind him. Uh, And and, and I believe that. But in this culture, this culture was a man-dominated culture. This culture was a culture where the son 
uh, was the value and the daughter was not. There's still cultures in that. There's still countries in the planet today where, 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 where the daughter is deemed less valuable than the son. But it was more so in this culture. And in this man-dominated culture, I, I think it is very interesting and very unique that God, because he could have showed himself, you know, there's got to be somebody that's first. Amen. There's got to be somebody that's first. Somebody had to be the first person to see Jesus raised from the dead. And this first person uh, was actually a woman. And I want us to look at the story of Mary Magdalene. This is a woman the Bible says was a hoe. Uh, now, she was in a, in, a, in, a, in a culture that devalued women. They devalued uh, professional women. Let me leave it like that. Even more so. She was looked down on. She was actually, Jesus was told, you shouldn't even be hanging out with somebody like that. But I want you to understand before you leave here this morning that God doesn't love people based on gender. God doesn't love people based on color. God doesn't love people based on creed. God doesn't love people based on standing in society. God doesn't love people based on what other people think about them. God loves people that love him. And this woman loved Jesus so much that I believe that's why he showed himself to her first. He could have showed himself to a king first, but he didn't. He could have showed himself to some ruler first, but he didn't. He chose to show himself to a woman that everybody else looked down on, somebody from the wrong side of the tracks, a less than, a nobody. But they loved, she loved him so much, and Jesus came to show himself to her. And our opening text in verse 1 of John chapter 20 and our screens aren't working our computers down you're gonna have to listen to me read uh in verse 1 the bible says now on the first day of the week that's Sunday say Sunday for centuries the followers of the God of God uh, the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob gathered together for worship on Saturday there was a shift when Jesus died and rose from the dead, they stopped gathering together on Saturday and they started gathering together on Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. You wonder why we picked Sunday? Because it was on Sunday, the first day of the week, that the apostles gathered together to celebrate this big event. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. I'm going to give you four things that Mary did that we need to do. The Bible says we have these stories for our example. If we do what they did, we can have what they had. Mary got some cool stuff. Mary got to be close to the Lord. Mary got power from God. The first thing Mary did right out of our verse, it'd be, you'd, you'd connect to it better if it was on the screen, but follow along. She came. Say she came. She came to the place where she wanted to find Jesus. She was desperate. She had a desire. She, she wasn't one of those that looked for a reason to stay away from where God was. She was one of those that looked for a reason to go to where he was. She came. She came to the place where she thought she would find Jesus. Some of you came to church today seeking Jesus. Some of you came because a family member told you to come. Some of you came because you were invited to come. I, I believe everybody's searching for something. She was searching for Jesus. And I want to tell you something right now uh, on, on, on this day uh, uh, in, in 2020, I'm still searching for something. 
I found God in salvation on July 15, 1981. That's a long, long, long time ago. But I'm still searching for God. I'm still searching for a deeper walk with God. I thank God I found salvation. But salvation is not where it stops. Salvation is where it starts. I'm still searching right now as a pastor. I'm still searching right now as somebody who's been studying this book every day for decades. I'm still searching for a closer walk with God. And I hope somebody in the room is still searching for that. I'm still searching for the tangible presence of God on, on my life on, on a consistent basis. I'm, I, everybody's searching for something. I want you to recognize what you're searching for today. Some of you want money more than you want God. Some of you want peace more than you want God. Some of you want freedom from pain more than you want God. Some of you want power and position more than you want God. I'm going to tell you what Mary wanted. She just wanted to be where he was. So she came. It, it, it takes action. Say action. It takes action to get closer to God. You can't just sit at the house praying, sitting on a mountain in a white robe, waiting on God to do something. I want to tell you this. By, 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 by the word of the Lord today, God's already done the biggest thing he needs to do for us. When he sent his son Jesus to die for us on the cross. People sitting back. When is God going to come through for me? When is God going to fix my situation? When is God going to heal my marriage? When is God going to take my struggle? When is God? Listen, God's already done enough. When are we going to do something for him? Well, Mary did something. She got up out of her depression. She got up out of her grief. She got up out of her sorrow. She got up out of her situation and her place. And she went. Not only did she come, the second thing I want you to see is she saw. Say, she saw. She saw that the stone was rolled away. And this is a very important fact. And if you ever watch a play these churches do about Jesus, we, we had a big one. When we, when, when we were running five, 600 people, you were there, Steve. You remember, we had a big play. You remember that, Deacon? When we had the big play on stage, and, and y'all remember Deacon Cliff, and a, and a bunch of the men, hardworking men, they built this stage prop. We had, we had the big scene. We had the rock. We had the big rock in front of the tomb, and it shook, and the lights flickered. And, and, and they pulled the little pulley, and the rock rolled back. That's in all them Christian plays. Uh, and, and they see the stone was rolled away. But I want to remind you this morning, even though it's true that the stone was rolled away, the stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out. The stone was rolled away so that they could get in. God wanted them to go in and see. She came and she saw that the stone was rolled away. She came and she saw that, that, that it was different, that Jesus had done something unique. And most people in America believe that Jesus is a person. I mean, if you, don't, if you run into somebody that says, I don't believe there was a Jesus. They're just an idiot. They're just a denier of facts. Jesus is the most documented human being in the history of the world. More books have been written about this one human being than any other human being on the planet. Whether you are Christian or not, that's like me saying, no, I don't believe, I don't believe there was a Martin Luther King Jr. You know, you, you, you find somebody that's like, well, I don't believe there was an Abraham Lincoln. Well, now you're just dealing with stupidity at this point. These are, these are documented human beings. Everybody believes that there was a Jesus, but everybody doesn't believe that he rose from the dead. Everybody believes that there was a Jesus, but everybody doesn't have a personal relationship with him. You need to get to the place where you believe that that stone was rolled away so these people could go in and find out that he's not there anymore. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter 10 that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. 
Everybody believes that Jesus lived and he died, but everybody doesn't believe he rose from the dead. See, that's, that's the change. And some people believe it in their mind, but they don't connect with it in their heart. And there's a difference there, and you need to catch on to that. But she came, and she saw, and everybody in this room needs to see that the stone was rolled away and that Jesus ain't in that tomb anymore. The third thing she did was she ran. Say she ran. In, in verse 2 of John 20, the Bible says, So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple. That's John. John trying to be humble here. He's not using his name. He's calling himself the other disciple. She, she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid him. I don't have time right now to preach this whole thing, but I want to tell you something. Her theology wasn't perfect right there. She said, he's gone, and I don't know where he is. She, he had already told her. He told them all that he would be delivered into the hands of evil men, and they would crucify him, but on the third day, he would raise from the dead. Her theology wasn't perfect, but her love for her Savior was. Oh, <laughs> y'all not getting it, because some, some of y'all would shout on that, because none of us in this room have perfect theology. We don't all understand every doctrine there is perfectly. We don't all have the Bible memorized from front to back. You don't have to have all of the, 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 the I's dotted and the T's crossed to really be in love with the Lord. She didn't understand everything, but she knew she loved Jesus. I wish five people in the room would say, that's me, that's me. I don't have it all figured out, but you can't tell me I don't love him. You can't tell me I don't believe in him. She didn't have the theology perfected, but she's like, hey, I don't know where he is, but he's gone. She, she ran, and, and she told Peter, and she told John, and, and I, I want to tell you something. When you come and you realize the stone is rolled away, you need to take a close look, and you need to realize the reason that the stone is rolled away is because our Jesus did what he said he'd do, and he raised himself from the dead. I, I wish we had some runners at Abundant Life. I wish we had some people that run around and, and, and say, Jesus did something. Jesus did something. Jesus did something. I've been telling y'all for years, if you start bragging on him, he'll give you more to brag on him about. If, if you start, stop that. Take that ugly look off your face. Take that sour look off your face. Take that bitter look off your face. Take that, I'm, uh, I don't know why I'm going to make it, look off your face and start talking about the goodness of the Lord. Start talking about what he has done. He hath done great things, the Bible tells us. Start celebrating him. She ran and, and she told others. The fourth thing she did was she told. Say she told. She told them. Verse 18. The, the, it, I'm not going to read all that for time's sake, but if, if you go home and you need to, read this story. It's Easter. Go home and read John chapter 20. And, and listen, as, as she's waiting by the tomb, they left. Peter and John, they left. They're like, mm, bet he ain't there. Okay, you're right. We'll see you back at the house. And they left. She stayed. She stayed because her heart wanted to see him. She stayed because she was longing for him. And because she was longing for him, he showed up for her. Because she was longing for him. We don't come to church to violate some stay-at-home ordinance. We don't come to church because it's the, it's the cultural thing to do. We don't come to church because mama made us come to church. We come to church because we long to be close to wherever he might be. We long to be in his presence. She stayed. Read the chapter for yourself. And as she stayed, as she tarried, as she waited. These are things new Christians don't even hear about anymore in the modern church. 
They don't understand tarrying. They don't understand laying on the altar. They rush in and rush out. They have churches out by 12 every week. Start fast, leave fast. She stayed. She stayed. She tarried. She lingered. She wanted to see him, and she saw him. He showed up for her, and I want to tell you something. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you will go to where you can find him, if you will search for him, you will find him. The Bible says if you search for him, he will be found by you. She wasn't going to leave till she saw him, and he showed up. The Bible says in, in, in verse 18, after Jesus had told Mary all these things, after she had seen him and recognized him, that Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord. And she told them what he spoke to her. I want to tell you something this morning. You need to get a real, a real revelation of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You need to get a real revelation that this man Jesus came from heaven. He lived a perfect, a sinless life. He shed his blood and, and his body so that we could have eternal life. He gave his blood for us so that we could be forgiven of our sins. You don't have to understand that. Why blood? Why did it have to be blood? Why did they do animal sacrifice in the Old Testament? Why did the blood of Jesus have to be spilled? It's God's world. He makes the rules. God said for every sin there has to be shed blood. For every sin there has to be shed blood. For every sin there has to be shed blood. I want to tell everybody in the world today that you can either pay for your own sin or you can accept the shed blood of Jesus Christ as payment for your sin. You can believe you can do it on your own or you can believe that Jesus did it already. We believe in the old rugged cross. We believe in the gospel story. We believe that on a hill far away that this man Jesus willingly laid down his life. They didn't have power over him. They couldn't hold him down and nail him down. He was God in the flesh. He was God. He told his disciples when they tried to fight for him that he, he could call ten thousands and thousands of angels to come and just destroy everything for him. And he didn't even need the angels. Nobody took his life. He said he laid it down. People wonder who killed Jesus. People wonder how, how, how the soldier must have felt nailing his hands to that cross. Listen, it wasn't that soldier that nailed Jesus to the cross because he didn't have power over Jesus. The love of Jesus Christ for me and for you kept him on that cross, not those nails. Our sin killed Jesus. People, there's, there's still today in 2020, there's anti-Semitism. That means hating Jews. There's Jew hatred in America because misguided, clannish, false religionists said that Jews killed Jesus. Jews didn't kill Jesus. Our sin killed Jesus. It wasn't, it wasn't the Jewish people that they handed him over to Pilate but that wasn't what killed Jesus it was Scott Becker's sin I don't believe that you should get your theology from songs I don't believe you should get your theology from Christmas cards but I'm going to tell you there's some songs that tell the truth and I believe the words to that old song that says when he was on the cross that day I was on his mind I know I was on his mind because the Bible says he hung on that cross from noon to 3 o'clock on Friday. And, and that God placed on him 
the sin of everybody who would ever live. God placed the sin of all people. The sin of Adolf Hitler is on Jesus. The, the sin of the child molester was on Jesus. The sin of the rapist was on Jesus. But that's too far removed from, from, from personal identification. I want to tell you something. The sin of Scott Becker was on Jesus. And your sin was on Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. He took our sin in His own body on Good Friday and He felt the pain and the abandonment when God turned His back on Him and He cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He did that for us. He took separation from God for us. He hung on that cross lonely. He hung on that cross hurting. He hung on that cross bleeding. He hung on that cross suffering. He hung on that cross feeling dirty as his father wouldn't look at him anymore because the eyes of God are too pure to at that point when that transfer happened when he when he took our sin on and he became shame for us he became guilt for us he became stain for us God turned away and the whole earth went dark as the father stopped looking at the son for the first time in all eternity and Jesus said why God why are you doing this to me I did everything you told me to do. I never sinned for my whole lifetime. I loved everybody that hated me. I did everything right. I'm on this cross because you put me on this cross. But he stayed on that cross because he loves you. He stayed on that cross because he wants to purchase your redemption. And I hope you believe in this Jesus today. He's better than anybody else. He's different than anybody else. He's the only true God. He's the only one you ought to love like that. Oh, I wish I could make you love him. I wish I could make you believe in him. I wish I could make you come to a realization that if you would really call out on his name, that he would save you. He would change you. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm not telling you what they taught me in Bible college. I'm telling you what happened to me at 4 o'clock in the morning on July 15, 1981 as a misguided teenager beside my bed that didn't know a real God when I knelt down by myself. I wasn't in a church. I didn't shake a preacher's hand. I didn't hug his neck. I tried all that before and it didn't work for me. But I got down on my knees by myself at 6956 Malden Lane right off Townsend and Blanding Boulevard on the west side of Jacksonville and I asked God to save me and he did it some of you have asked God to save you before and he didn't do it and you know it didn't work for you. You prayed prayers. You walked aisles. You've been baptized. Some of y'all been baptized. I ain't going to point at you. Let me look this way. Some of y'all been baptized in this church more than three times. More than three times. And still ain't saved. Why? Because you didn't do. And I had to come face to face with this in my life. I walked aisles, prayed prayers, to, cried, told the preacher I didn't want to go to hell, shook his hand. I remember the first time I did it. I remember the first time I did it. I was at Grace Brethren Church in Virginia. And, and, and they said, if you don't want to die and go to hell, come up here and pray with the preacher. I'm like, I don't want to die and go to hell. I went up there and I prayed with that preacher. He said, say these words. Uh, he said a few, I said a few. He said a few, I said a few. He said a few, I said a few. And he looked at me, he said, you're saved. You're a Christian now. 
And he turned me around and he told that whole church, he said, this is little Scotty Becker. And he comes today, Professor G. I don't know why he called me that. My mama never even called me that. Uh, that wasn't on no card. He just made that up. I ain't never, I ain't never had it. I'm one of the only people on the planet that never had a nickname. I'm, je- I'm jealous of your culture, bro. Everybody gets it. You got a, you, well, you don't have it. You, you got a couple nicknames, but you don't even go by your government name. Listen, let me stay with it. He said, this little Scotty Becker, and he comes today accepting Jesus Christ, if you're happy for him. And those people clapped for me. And I thought, I'm a, I'm a Christian now. I'm a Christian man now. I'm a, real, I'm a real Christian now. But you know what? I wasn't. I wasn't. Later that week, they had baptism. I got into baptism. And they told me that, that, that my sin had been washed away. And, 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 I, and I came up out of that baptism of water. And they clapped for me again. And I thought, this is realer than real now. This is my life now. But it wasn't. Because it wore off. It wore off. It, was, it wasn't that I lost it. It's that I never had it. The Bible says they went out from us because they were not part of us. If they had been part of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. That prayer, walking that aisle, shaking that preacher's hand, letting those people clap for me, that wasn't real salvation for me. That was emotionalism. That was doing church. I did it again years later. Walked a different aisle at a different church. Shook a different preacher's hand. Said it were. He said some words. I said some words. He said some words. I said some words. He said some words. I said some words. And then he told me, now you're a Christian. And I'm like, I hope it works this time. Because I, I, I really want to be. Okay. And it didn't work. It didn't work. I went right back to my old way of life. The Bible says the proof in your salvation is that you're changed. That you become a new person. That you change from the inside out. See, religion is trying to change on the outside and make it right on the inside. That don't work. Christianity is getting it right on the inside and getting it changed on the outside. But on that day, July 15th, 1981, there was no preacher to shake a hand. There was, he didn't say no words and I say no words. He didn't say this and I say that. There was nobody to clap for me. But I was desperate. I was real. I was honest. I was sincere, and now I realize why it didn't work for me. I had to wonder why did I walk those aisles, those people clapped. I said that magic prayer. I had to realize it's not a magic prayer. I had to realize it's not just in walking an aisle, shaking a hand, and praying a prayer. When I realized what God said in Jeremiah, that you'll only find me when you search for me with your whole heart. And I can tell you this, 4 o'clock. On July 15, 1981, I was searching for God with my whole heart. Some of y'all need to get real about your salvation. Some of y'all know you ain't right with God. Some of y'all know your salvation is is not legit. Some of y'all know you don't feel it the way you wish you felt it. Some of y'all know you don't believe it the way you know you ought to believe it. That's why some of y'all can't worship God. That's why some of y'all stare at the floor when when saints are singing to God. That's why some of y'all can't read your Bible and don't care about it. Because it ain't real on the inside of you. You got church, but you don't have Jesus. You got religion, but you don't have a relationship with God. You pray to pray but you never really got changed I want to tell you something I'm going to do something for you right now I'm going to do it because I feel led to do it I'm not doing it as a formula I'm not doing it as, 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 as a part of churchism I'm going to do it because I'm going to give you an opportunity to get real faith I'm going to say some words and let you say some words I'm going to pray some prayer and let you pray some prayer it ain't magic the prayer ain't magic Saying those words won't save you. But if you pray with me in just a moment, when I give you an opportunity to pray, and you're like, I'm ready. I'm finally ready. I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no games ready. I'm tired of playing ready. I, I'm, I'm fooling other people, but I ain't fooling God ready. If you really want true salvation, if you really want to search for God with your whole heart and find Him and become a real believer, the Bible says if you'll call on His name.
He'll save you. We call on His name through prayer. You can pray and ask God to save you. Some of you are like, you know I've done that, Pastor. You baptized me four times. If it didn't work before, keep doing it. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Search for Him with your whole heart. Some of y'all are already thinking, I ought to do it. I ought, I, ought to, I ought to ask God to save me today. But you're already thinking, I already did it before. What would they think of me? I stood up last time. He said, stand up. I raised my hand last time. He said, raise my hand. What would they think of me? Listen, it don't matter what nobody thinks about you. It matters what God knows about you. And every real Christian in the room would be glad. Every real Christian in the room would be glad. I, I'm going to tell you right now, on this front row, two, the, the, two of the men I count on the most in my life, I know without a shadow of a doubt, if, if I'm in a ditch dying with, 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 with nothing, can I call on you, son? Will you come get me? Will you stop what you're doing? Will you get up out of your bed? Will you come sick? Will you leave your family at home? You come and help me, rescue me, do what I need? What about you? No questions asked. You just, they're two of the men I count on the most. I, I believe, there's an elder in our church and a deacon in our church. I want to tell you something. I believe in these men. They believe in me. They're my friends. We've, we've had meals together. We've been at home together. Listen, I believe that these men love the Lord, but I'm going to tell you something. If these men right now that I trust the most in life, if they were to get real salvation today, if they were to say, you know what, Pastor, I wasn't sure, so I got real salvation. Do you know what? I'd be rejoicing with them. I wouldn't be looking down on them. No real Christian is going to look down on you. I wish every deacon in the church, in every church in America, I wish every pastor would get saved. I wish every worship leader would get saved. I wish everybody going to church would get saved for real. Worrying about what people think about you. God knows your heart. God knows where you're at. God, listen, you think God don't see you? You think God don't see you creeping, slipping? You think God don't see you? You think you're on the download? You can't download from God. You can't hide from God. He sees, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth. And he sees everything. Some of you need real salvation today. And I'm going to pray a prayer right now. This prayer is not magic. But if you're really, really ready. If you're ready beyond ready. I mean, if you're just like, hey, I've done it before, but I want it to work. Uh, maybe you've never done it before and you want it, you want it to work. You want real salvation? The Bible says if you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you can have salvation. But you got to call on his name. I want everybody in the room to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. We don't do this all the time, but we're going to do it right now. I want every real Christian in the room right now to be praying. Be praying for somebody to get salvation today. We got children in this room that need real salvation. We got young people in this room that need real salvation. We got middle-aged and old people in this room that need real salvation. We got dedicated church members in this room that need salvation. We got people serving God in this room that need real salvation. We got people that don't serve God at all in this room that need salvation. I want you to be praying. The Bible says you can only come to Him. When His Spirit draws you, if you're sitting there today and you feel like God is drawing you to salvation, I want you to pray this prayer after me. You pray it silently in your heart. The Bible says God can hear the thoughts in your head. I'm going to pray it out loud. You pray it with me. I already told you this prayer is not magic. But if you mean it with your heart, God will see you from heaven. He will see you. If you want your heart right with God, if you want real salvation, I'm not talking about rededicating your life. I'm not talking about getting back right with God. I'm talking about going from being a lost person to being a saved person. I want you to pray this silently in your heart. Just pray this after me. Say silently in your heart. Dear God, I believe in you. And I believe in your son Jesus. I believe that he lived, that he died, and that he was raised from the dead. I want you to save me. 
I want to be a real Christian. Please forgive me of my sins. Change my heart. Let me be a real Christian, God. Save me, please. I believe that you can save me. And I'm asking you now, with all my heart, to come into my life. Change me and make me a real Christian. With every head still bowed and every eye still closed. If you just prayed that behind me, or if you said something like that and you really meant it, the Bible says, whosoever believe in him should not be ashamed. If you really meant that, I want to pray for you right now. I'm not going to ask you to come up front. I just want to pray for you where you are. If, if you prayed that prayer and you just called on God to save you, I, I just want you, while nobody's looking but me, I just want you to slip your hand up as a testimony. All right. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Who else? Who else? All right. All over the room. All over the room, front to back. God, I pray for these right now that love you enough to even lift their hand to say that they just asked you to save them, God. I pray for them, God. You fill them with your spirit. Fill them with the Holy Ghost, God. God, I pray that you would put visions and dreams in their life, God. I pray that you would put new desire in their life, God. I pray that you'd give them a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. God, I thank you, Lord, for each person who raised their hand today. I thank you, God, that we, we were able to come today and be in your house and celebrate your resurrection, God. Thank you for bringing resurrection into this church today. Thank you for saving lost people today, God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.